Welcome to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Rimel, registered nurse, founder and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. During her podcast, Krista will interview experienced and successful healthcare professionals on outside-the-box health topics. During their time together, they will have in-depth discussions with trusted medical and health and wellness leaders to discover what they do to stay well using traditional and non-traditional health practices. Experts will share not only what, but why they practice the holistic lifestyle medicine they do and the science that backs their less than mainstream ideas. You'll hear the real and relatable personal health struggles of healthcare providers and what rebelling outside of the traditional healthcare system did to better their lives, careers, and health. Tune in to listen and learn the mind-body-spirit practices from conventional health experts who share hope and inspiration from honest stories of healing while reflecting the scientific-based evidence to wisely guide the inner rebel inside you. It's time to rebel and be well. Welcome to the Rebel and Be Well podcast. I'd like to introduce our audience to you by sharing your bio and background. Anders Varner is the host of the top 10 health and fitness podcast, Barbell Shrugged, with over 48 million downloads. In 2010, he founded San Diego Athletics in Pacific Beach, California, and sold the gym in 2016. He has coached athletes from every major sport, including the NFL, MLB, WWE, and CrossFit. As an athlete, he competed in the CrossFit Regional four times, medaled at multiple Olympic weightlifting competitions, and had the honor of being John Cena's training partner for four years. Anders' path from high-level athletics to father, husband, and entrepreneur has been loaded with obstacles, pitfalls, and his success can only be defined through his daily practice of personal development. Anders has focused his efforts to help busy executives and fathers develop transformative mindsets to reshape their identity and ensure the confidence they portray on the outside is rooted in the confidence they feel on the inside. Anders is the creator of the Rapid Executive Mentorship and the Diesel Dad Mentorship Programs. These mentorship programs implement world-class protocols in functional medicine and professional coaching to help busy executives and fathers be the leaders they want to be. Anders, you arrived at the point very unexpectedly with Dr. Ben House and Dr. Mike T. Nelson back in 2018. During your brief visit, you recorded the only podcast on site at the point to this date. It's an honor to now have you on our Rebel and Be Well podcast. So thank you for taking time to be with us. And you're finally going to return to the point in February of 2022 to be part of our Love Work Retreat, which we are hosting with my business partner, Chuck Runyon. From your extensive background in the fitness industry to now speaking about developing a transformative mindset, I look forward to learning more about you as a well-recognized podcast host, coach, and health and wellness expert. Thank you for being here today, Anders. So awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm just a nurse who really likes to work out. But you are an expert. So I'm just going to pick your brain on so many different things in our time here today. But where I really want to start is just to find out and learn more about what drew you into the fitness industry. What brought you into the health and wellness space initially? Yeah, uh, I actually can't even remember. Um, It was so long ago. I'm on like year 25 of this now, which is so crazy. I, I feel like I started lifting weights when I was 13 
purely just because my dad said, hey, you're going to go to high school and people are going to be a lot bigger than you. And you're going to have to learn how to get stronger, get faster if you want to play hockey at a, at a decent level. So that was actually kind of really in, in like the grand scheme of life. That was probably like, I don't even say probably, it, it is the most transformative moment that happened that summer and it had little, very little to do with the actual lifting weights and going to the gym and learning how to do it and being around people that were super motivated and driven and all of that was great um, but at the time I was I was getting ready to leave home at the age of 14 to go play ice hockey in Massachusetts mm. oh, wow. and that was a really crazy thing because I personally um I'm kind of a mama's boy, like truly at the age of 13, when I decided I was going to go making a decision of, am I going to go chase my dreams to play college hockey or am I going to stay home and be with my family? Mm -hmm. And at the time I was like a very, uh, big fish in a very small pond playing ice hockey in Virginia. Okay. And that's a warm state and cold or, you know, you don't play cold sports in warm States. It just doesn't you just never find out how good you are. Sure. And that was something that mattered to me at the time. Just, I, I needed to know if I could do it. I needed to know, um, where, what the people that were good at this were doing and what it mm -hmm. looked like. I, mm -hmm. I, I had kind of like tapped out at the age of 13. I knew what the future held. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to take it more seriously than most people. So I, went and did a bunch of tours and, um, talked to hockey coaches and made VHS, VHS tapes, like highlight reels and yep. sent them out to all the schools, yeah. uh, which is so funny that you had to like, actually go and yeah. VHS tape instead of just like shooting a YouTube channel of yourself. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I sent recruiting tapes out and, um, that, that winter I got in and then that summer was like, okay, you're going to be 14 and you're going to be playing against kids that are 19 years old and mm -hmm. they shave and they're full men and you're <laughs> a little boy and it's going to be bad. Like it's going to hurt. Mm. And that's when I started lifting weights and mm -hmm. it was purely to get strong so I could go play ice hockey and, and see how good I could be at this um, sport. And what I learned when I really got to that school was that one, I'm 5'8", 190 pounds, and I'm not a, a D1 ice hockey player thumbs up. That's great. Uh, yeah. but what really happened more importantly, was I had to figure out how to be on. It's hard to say that you're on your own because you're, you're like living in this structure. Right. Um, you're and living in this, it's beautiful place, but I also don't have mom. I have to wake myself up for school. I have to meet dress codes. I have to be on time for classes. I've got to be at hockey practice. I've got to be, I've got to be in all these places, mm -hmm. but also I have to be in my room for study hall and there's people watching over to make sure that it's not total chaos. So right. not so much that you're on your own, but you're, you're, you have to proactively go make all these good decisions to align yourself with the system or you just get kicked out. They mm -hmm. don't have time for it. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got there, I was so homesick for the first six months that I just couldn't even get myself out of my room. Like I was going to class and I'd come home hockey season rolled around. I had never been cut from a team ever in my life. And as a freshman, I got cut from a varsity team. So it was like this whole reason I left mm -hmm. home immediately just kind of like shattered in front of my, in front of my eyes. Like I, I couldn't believe that I, I wasn't good enough. I had never not been good enough to play mm -hmm. on the team. Mm -hmm. And, um, my, my parents kind of sat me down over Christmas break and they were like, look, 
this doesn't have to be the thing. You don't right. have to go do this. I had no friends. I had no, I didn't know. How, sports had always been the way that I met people. Mm-hmm. Like I was good and people want to be friends with the person that's good. Mm-hmm. I was like 13. I was 12. You're just like, a baby. That's so you young. Don't know how to make friends because you just always have them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was on my own and trying to figure it out. And that's really when I started to, it was like the beginning stages of me trying to have to figure life out a little bit of like, well, I don't really want to leave. If I, if I leave this school, I know I'm just hiding from things that I'm scared to go do. Right. I'm scared to go make friends. I'm scared to be outgoing. I'm scared to be away from home. But why? Why don't I just go try to be good at it? So that was really my goal going into the second semester of my freshman year was to figure out how to get a friend, mm-hmm. which sounds so absurd because I, I feel like it's such an easy skill to just go say hi to people, ask how they're doing. Like now it's part of my job. I was like, just, you're so good like, at it now. You must, I know, yeah. like, right? Be but a alert. It, it was four, a learned behavior, yeah. right? It, at 14, it was purely yeah. this experience that so few people have. And I was really bad at, and I had to go learn how to make friends. And then I ended up having like the best semester of my life. I had good friends. I had friends in my dorm, all this stuff. And it just continued to grow over the next four years. And fitness, I trained for hockey. Mm-hmm. And then once I got to college, I trained for like aesthetics and confidence um, and there was some like years where it, it was, it was a little off, but, um, once I, I got a, an internship in Washington DC and this was really the turning point of like, I want my identity to be about being in shape and being healthy mm-hmm. and that I got an internship in Washington DC. And if anybody's ever been to like the, the intern scene in DC, it's, it's loaded with kids trying to work their way up in some sort of political type arena Mm -hmm. and they're from all over the country and they're all jockeying for the same same awareness same Mm -hmm. attention same position same everything right and they know they're graduating in a year and what do they do they go to happy hour every night Mm -hmm. so like a week into this and like multiple happy hours and you're getting invited every day i just went i'm not i'm not doing this like i'm going to the gym I'm going to learn how to like be really good at lifting weights. And instead of going and spending an entire summer drinking and partying and hanging out and jockeying for position, I'm going to do the thing that nobody else is doing. And I'm just going to go to the gym and work out. And what was cool by that time, I had roughly, um, you know, like a decade of experience. I started training when I was 13, Mm -hmm. graduated college. So like about 23, uh, roughly nine, 10 years of working out. And then this thing CrossFit hit. And by the time I had started working, um, you know, it's kind of the same scene where you can always go to a happy hour. You can always do it. But going to the gym is, is kind of not hard, but there's a lot of distractions right. if you want there to be. You have to be focused on your health and how you're eating and doing all the, the right things. And that was when CrossFit showed up and it went, oh, man, I get to go play a sport and be in shape. And Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for a decade already, I'm pretty good at this thing. Yeah. It played to your your competitive brain. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. if there was like, if there was a uh, like avatar of exactly who was going to go all in on the CrossFit thing at the time, it was me. It's you. 
I had just graduated college. I was very competitive. I had a sports background. I already enjoyed training. I needed something more than just aesthetics to work out for. Yeah. yeah. Um, that whole world seemed like very empty and it just like, okay, like I look mm-hmm. okay, good. Mm-hmm. What am I going to work on now? So the idea of playing sports became, it, it, it's kind of been the fuel for all of it. Right. I just like to go play. I like to be in shape. I like to have this freedom of being able to go do things physical and trust yeah. my body. Yeah. Um, and within, within like a year, I almost opened a gym in DC, which would have been great and also would have been terrible because I was so inexperienced. Um, ended up going back to grad school and then um, before working from home was like a globally known thing that everybody could do. I was doing it. Uh, in South Carolina while working in DC and uh, in the middle of that online uh, college had just started. So they were like working out the kinks of that. And I realized that because online college at the time, this is like the biggest hack of life and just lucky timing, but it was so simple because they didn't know how to do it at the time. So I could take double the course load, Mm -hmm. graduate early and then my work didn't know where I was. So I moved to San Diego <laughs> yeah. Yeah. without them knowing. And I opened a gym because I knew that this was like the thing. I, broke up, I had broken up with a girlfriend of like three and a half years. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to go back to the, to the, to the real world. I just wasn't cut out for it. I needed to be around people that shared the same things. And what's super interesting, and this is something that I... I end up talking a lot about with our clients and, um, and our programs is by the time they typically call us, there's something going on in their life where they're Mm -hmm. at some sort of rock bottom. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they're like addicted to drugs and living on the street and doing it, but they've Mm -hmm. just hit a point where they go, I'm so sick of this. I have to change. And then that's when we show up. Yeah. And that's where I was. I was so sick of my, like working from home at a desk job, feeling zero value in the work I was doing. I was so sick of like the partying life and being in grad school. I went to uh, a school that had a, a huge football team, SC. I had never even like, it was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like grad school was like professional partying <laughs> and undergrad was like undergrad partying. Like it only right. got bigger and crazier right. at a bigger school and all this stuff. And I was like, I hate this. I hate that job. I hate the fact that I just broke up with this girlfriend of three and a half years and I have no idea where I want to go. And this is like the, the thing that I end up really wanting people to recognize is like the thing that is that you should be doing and, and nurturing your body and telling and, and the actions you should be taking mm-hmm. are typically already like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like I had been mm-hmm. in the gym for 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. It was the place that all of my friends hung out. It was the place that every time I went into it, I loved being there. Mm-hmm but I was so distracted by like this job, this girlfriend, this going to grad school, this partying life, all these, all these things that weren't very aligned with what I actually wanted. Right. And then I just said, well, what if I just quit all that and just do the gym? You got rid of all the noise so you could focus on what you were really passionate about. And it totally just, it radically shifted everything. And it's been, 
uh, 12 years now. Um, I, I opened the gym in 2010, sold it in 2016, opened up another online business and sold that a year and a half later, um, and then became the CEO of Barbell Shrugged, which is one of the largest podcasts, like well-known podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's been great about you know, that story repeats itself so much, even in our business today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not Mr. CrossFit anymore. I don't want anything. It's not that I, I, I that I dislike it. I just don't, it's not my mm-hmm. thing. I don't mm-hmm. want to coach CrossFitters. I don't want to coach powerlifters. I don't want to coach any of these because I've gone through my own journey where I had to figure out how I was going to make fitness work and training work and nutrition work in this new life of mine where I have what feels like a 10th of the time to do yeah. all of the same amount of stuff that I want to do. And that's what really drew me to starting the diesel dad mentorship. And then mm-hmm. I also totally understand this like executive CEO type life. Mm-hmm. Like I totally get it. And I, I like working with people that share a lot of the same problems because I get to learn from them. I get to help them kind of like get through a lot of the stuff that I've dealt with. Part of, part of the success I think is just, realizing when a lot of the things we're doing are not aligned with the values that we have. We Mm -hmm. might not be openly aware or expressing those values to people, but something just doesn't feel right. Right. And you go, why am I, why am I writing training programs for CrossFitters? I don't even know any CrossFitters anymore. I don't work out with them. I don't train that way. I don't do that stuff. So why am I still writing this stuff? Right. Why am I writing articles about, you know, lifting as much weight as possible. I don't care how much you lift. I'm way more interested that you just show up three days a week and try to get better. Why am, if I'm struggling with this, like, why am I telling other people to do it? It's it's not aligned. But what I do like to do is hang out with the people in my neighborhood and lift in my garage. Mm -hmm. And they ask me questions about health and fitness. I go, well, here's like the crazy cool answer if you were single and didn't have any other time, but here's like how we can solve the bulk of the problem. And this like weird life of being a dad that we didn't know was coming. And now we're like all in it and you still just want to be healthy and strong and lean and athletic and yeah. do, do everything, but you got to do it with no time and yeah. you got to do it with less sleep and you got to do it with a wife and a job and a, a, an actual career. And those, those problems, the way that I describe it to all of our clients when they come in is it's like, look, here's step one. You have to realize that everything you're dealing with right now is like a professional level problem. Mm-hmm. Like you're no longer a kid. You're no longer asking your mom what the best thing to do is. You're no longer in high school trying to have as much fun and be the coolest guy in the room. You're no longer mm-hmm. in college. You're no- so stop solving professional level problems with these childlike solutions mm-hmm. that you've that you that you learn. Like yeah. you can't go back to the thing that worked in high school or college because you're not in high school and college anymore. It's a different framework. It's a completely different like mental model of how we get the job done. As soon as, you know, people hear that, I think it clicks because what do they do? If you put on 20, 30, 40 pounds and you're feeling unhappy, you go, well, the last time I was in shape, I was doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. There's a reason you stopped doing it. Right. There's a reason you stopped powerlifting. There's a reason you stopped Olympic lifting. There's a reason you stopped training 90 minutes a day. There's a reason your nutrition didn't work. There's a, there's a, it didn't just stop because you, you were like, I hate being in such great shape all the time. I hate eating perfectly. I should end this right now. No, what happened was that whole system that you were living stopped working and mm-hmm. you never upgraded your skill set to get there. And I just, 
I feel like I'm lucky enough to have started a lot of this process when I was 14 of realizing mm-hmm. like, wow, I got real problems. I got to learn how to make friends. Well, how do I, how do I develop that skill set? How do I up my skill set? I had to do that when I was so young. And now when I look at it, I go, all right, well, our business is doing this and it's not aligned with where we want to go. It's likely not aligned with the people that have been listening to our show for a decade. They're all 10 years older now. Right, right. And they're dealing with the same the things same thing. we are. So how do we get them to upgrade their skill set? Because they're likely struggling to find the right answer. They've all moved on from whatever they were doing when they were 26, 27, when they started listening. Yeah. And now they're our age, 37, 38 years old. And you go, we need different, we need a different skill set to get through the next 10, 15, 20 years right. until we get to whatever the next one is. You know, I think in general, we're s- such a culture of, of, being change resistant and change adverse. And, and I see this happening all the time. And fortunately I'm in a profession where changing in the nursing and medical and administrative field is somewhat acceptable, but I see that in the fitness industry in particular, where it's like, I feel like there's some resistance to morphing and transforming and changing. Like, I know I have to be that 25 year old athlete or gym owner, and that needs to sustain itself through 35 and 45 and 55. And the truth of the matter is whenever someone looks at me and they're like, well, this has changed or you've changed. I'm like, well, yeah, duh, we're supposed to, (laughs) like we're actually supposed to change. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to continue to advance and transform. And you're in a perfect example of that because you started it at such a young age, you know, as you mentioned, and now you're doing it again. In a time like we've had these last couple of years, that's probably benefited you greatly that you are accepting of change and you are a change agent and you'll just flip your mindset really quickly. So for all of those people that are maybe in that place that you found yourself now on multiple occasions, like what's, what's the best advice you can give them? Because I think every single person has had to look at how they can change these last few years, whether it's personally or professionally or both. What would you say to them? Like if they're feeling that like push and pull of like, but I can't, like I was supposed to be this and now I, like, I don't resonate with that, but that will change my identity. And how do I take that leap? Well, first off, it's kind of scary. Um, and so the, the biggest thing that I, uh, I wish I could like draw it up. It's like the framework for success that I feel like I follow as much as possible. And Mm -hmm. when you draw it up, the very bottom rung, like kind of like the foundation of what it looks like has three levels that I, I, I constantly think about. Like, where is my attention? Mm-hmm. What is the intention that I'm bringing to those things? And then how does that manifest into my life, which allows us to go up into like actually level one of, you know, taking um, conscious effort and moving in a path towards where you'd like to be. Yeah. But the idea of your attention, I think we... It's, it's terrible that every time you think about like, where's your attention, you probably immediately think about like people on social media are stealing it because that's mm-hmm. not really what it is. That's like part of it, <laughs> yeah. but we don't have to immediately think about like social media being so bad, but I feel like that, that's like the, it's like the war of your attention. Uh-huh. Um, to me, I think it's just much more about being aware of what's important to you. Yeah. So we were talking about last year how the world kind of shut down, not Mm -hmm. kind of shut down, totally Mm -hmm. shut down. Um, We used to do all of our shows in person and we would be traveling five to 10 days a year. We'd get a bunch of shows. We'd go to hang out with all these cool people at whatever conferences. Everything we did was about really like being on the road, meeting all these people. And then I'd come home and then Mm -hmm. that stops. 
Mm-hmm. And it took very little time before I realized like, oh, when I was home, all I was ever really paying attention to, even when I had kids, what I was paying attention to was like, I'm, I'm here until my next trip. Right. I, I was never that. here. Yeah. I was never just here. It yeah. was like, this is the time that I spend with my family between going and being this person on the road that's out and, mm-hmm. and being social and for lack of better terms, like trying to be the, the cool guy that's interviewing people and doing stuff and, and training and meeting all this, the, the fitness people. As I was home more, I started to realize like, oh, I'm really happy doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actually really happy being home. I, I enjoy being around my, my family way mm-hmm. more than I ever thought. Right. Um, and, you know, this is actually like a, a real story of how the diesel dad came to be because we're home, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's home. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm up at like 5 a.m. We're recording podcasts at 6 a.m. By the time we've got guests and all this stuff, it's, it's madness. And then I'm inside being babysitter. It's the same story that everybody's doing. We're babysitter, we're daycare, we're husband, we're wives, we're doing whatever it is to keep this whole thing afloat and mm-hmm. everyone's crunched for time 24 hours a day. And on top of that, it's like, I want to be in shape. So now I've got how many things going on all at once, fighting for all the attention that you have in a, in a single day. And you go, how am I going to make this thing work? Right. How are we going? And we have a business to run. And we have a, gyms are closed around all across mm-hmm. the country, which is terrifying. Yep. So you, you have to totally reinvent go, how you're doing your business. Totally. Yeah. So you just sit back and you go, well, what the hell am I going like? what is actually important here? Well, I know that I have to do the family thing. I know that this business has to survive somehow. And I know that I need to be in shape mentally, physically. I need to be able to like check in and do the work that I need to do on myself so that I can actually be there for everyone else. Right. Well, let's just do those things. Let's forget everything else. None of the, who cares about this pandemic going on? Like I can't control any of that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm the most focused on is family, business, training. Yeah. Keeping me healthy, keeping my family healthy and keeping the business healthy and everything else is just gone. And that's literally the exact thing that started the diesel dad was, I don't know what we call this craziness, mm-hmm. but to me, I'm just trying to be the diesel dad. Like yeah. I want to be in shape. I want to be there for my family. I want to run a great business and it's chaos right now. But if I can just focus on these things, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be able to get through this and Mm -hmm. our business is going to do well. My family's going to come out stronger on the other side and and I'm still going to be in great shape mentally, physically. Like I'm still checking that box and feeling good Mm -hmm. about myself. Mm -hmm. And it turns out a year later, it's exactly what happens. We run this great mentorship program. Tons of dads are coming in and we're really just aligning what they feel on the inside and allowing them to get there in the Mm -hmm. fastest path possible. One of the simplest ways I try to get people to do this, I I want everyone to do this, but like it's the simplest asking your waiter, asking your waiter, asking your waitress, asking the barista like, hey, how are you? Like actually asking them, not just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Can I get a drink? You Mm -hmm. you stop and you ask them and you look Mm -hmm. them in the eye Mm -hmm. and you're really friendly. And you act like you you really care mm-hmm. and genuinely want them to have yeah. a response. And it's so simple. But it, the what you do to the energy in the room, it just elevates everybody. It makes everyone feel better. And it's so simple. 
So if you can do that for these like large rocks in your fan or large rocks in your life, like your family, the way you feel, the way you train, the way you eat, the the business you run or your mm-hmm. job, your career, mm-hmm. whatever it is, if you're able to truly bring this idea of love into them and, and nurture those relationships and want your relationship with your job or the people at your job to be better, how does that manifest into like a real, real life? Yeah. It's going to be much better. It, it shows up like the universe uh, responds in a way that allows so much cool stuff to happen. I think it's probably your competitive mindset, right? That like pushed you through this last year. You're like, oh, hell no, I am not going down. I'm not going to be that person. And that also keeps you motivated and going. And we need people like that in the world, especially in the fitness industry, because they've been hit exceptionally hard through this pandemic. Had it not happened, I'd probably still be doing things that I didn't want to be doing. Yeah. Because there wasn't this big reset. I'd probably be more unhappy because I'd still be on the road being away from my family Mm -hmm. more than I wanted Mm -hmm. and not even knowing that there was another way. I'd still be coaching people that aren't really great people that want to reach their goals, but I'd be coaching them in a thing that didn't really align Mm -hmm. with who I was. Mm -hmm. I'd be running a business that wasn't fully aligned with the business that I want to run. And yeah, of course there's been a lot of hardship and of course there's been like a lot of really bad stuff, but. But that's where you've grown. I mean, it can, right. It's going to do one or the other. You're going to, you know, go inward and move away from what you want to do, or you're going to go inward and you're going to go closer to who you want to be. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like a race last year? No, (laughs) no. You coach a lot of executives and tell me what you're finding there. We find stress everywhere. Here's the fun part about um, working with people that run businesses is all of us, we all share a, we share this characteristic, this, this trait Mm -hmm. that we're always trying to like push to the next thing. And along with that, we carry these stressors with us that we most of the time, most often don't even know exist. Like we're trying to, it's, it's always great because like you're in business, like how do you 10X what you're doing right now? And you go, well, do I really have to do 10 times the amount next mm-hmm. year? Is that, mm-hmm. and then 10 times the amount the next year? Like, is that really the marker of success? So it's not really a business, it's, it's not a business coaching. It's, it's getting executives healthy so they're yeah. going to actually go and perform. Yeah. Um, we do not, I'm not breaking into people's businesses and doing that. I just want to get, successful people mm-hmm. um, with great businesses out of their own way because most of the time they're dealing with carrying around excess fat they're carrying around mm-hmm. stress they're having a hard time finding time by the time they do get home they're they're tired they're stressed mm-hmm. um, they don't they don't they're not necessarily as aware of um, maybe not awareness but the they don't have the energy to be the person at home that they want to be and a lot of that comes down to health I think one of the so the the way that we the real differentiators in the programs is that is the functional medicine piece, mm-hmm. which is a massive change in how I think a lot of training programs are written. So yeah. in our diesel dad mentorship, like yeah. uh, we get a lot of people where we're, we teach them how to eat well, we right. teach them how to do it in a, in a simple manner so that it fits their lifestyle. We get a lot of weight loss, add some muscle, mm-hmm. just getting, mm-hmm. we're feeling more confident, um, getting people moving in the right direction. And then you know, 16, 32 weeks later, they've had this massive transformation. They look great. They feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
they've they've learned a lot of really quality habits that they can carry on throughout mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. And our executives, so when you think about the the macros and the training and weight loss, a lot of that is outside things that we put into your body that create a, a better package of a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, with the executive people, uh, we actually spend the majority of the time working on people's immune systems, mm-hmm. getting them healthy. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because all of that stress throughout the years and all that pushing and all that travel and all that stuff, it beats you down. Mm-hmm. And you start to, like me personally, I think I'm so healthy. And then I go and get all of my tests done and my saliva and stool samples and hair follicles and uh, blood work and, and all of the stuff that you need to find out what's actually truly going on in your body. And it turns out I've got streptococcus in my gut. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, do, how I didn't did know that I have happen? gut health problems? Yeah. Well, you've been on airplanes drinking water and coffee and you've been in airports and Mm -hmm. you've been in different countries and Mm -hmm. you go and travel and do all this stuff. It's like, of course, you're going to pick up something somewhere. Right. So what happens a lot of times is when we're able to get this really deep look into somebody's physiology and find out what's going on, they're just dumping all this energy in places that, you know, their body's battling Mm -hmm. all of these bacterial infections or they're battling some sort of plastic toxicity mm-hmm. or it's just such an in-depth look you go well i know that you're stressed out at work i know that you've got kids and a wife and i know that you you feel like you don't have enough time and you're not present when you're doing all that maybe let's just get your immune system to stop fighting all this stuff so you're mm-hmm. not wasting all this energy mm-hmm. let's get a nutrition program that is not just eat meat nuts seeds vegetables but let's maybe put something together that is actually based off of what your body responds best to. So we go and run all the food intolerance tests. Right. Like there's a there's an outside in approach, which is very effective for a, a very large group of people. Most people need to lose weight. They need to get healthy. Mm-hmm. There's a smaller group of people that if they have the resources and are capable and interested in taking the real deep dive into what's going on, mm-hmm. we can go find all the raw data that we need to to analyze it and then really personalize a solution that's why we call it the rapid program yeah raw data analysis personalization integrated into their life through coaching and accountability uh, so they can go out and dominate the world like they want to do in their business which is a lot easier to do if you feel good (laughs) it's crazy when, when i went through the the whole thing so we partnered with andy galpin and dan garner and both of those guys are working with the highest level athletes, like countless gold medals, mm-hmm. countless uh, MMA fighters, Major League Baseball, like every, every organization that exists. And they're like so smart about this stuff. And it goes so deep because they're in the lab, like they, they do the real science that when, when we sit down with somebody that's a CEO and they lay out like, here's the list of things that I have mm-hmm. going on in my mm-hmm. life. Here's all the places, you know, so much of the stress isn't because of the things that they have to do. Mm-hmm. So much of the stress is where they feel like they're letting people down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of internal pressure, especially if you're the CEO of anything related to health and wellness or medical and that you feel like, you. I mean, you know, you're a pillar of health, you know, you're yeah. supposed to be the face of health. And then if you're not feeling that yourself, you get into this like cycle of guilt and shame and doubt. And it doesn't matter who you are, or what title you have that sneaks in. I see it happen with physicians and nurses and, yeah. you know, CEOs all the time. And, and it's a vicious cycle. And, you know, I mean, 
I've been like you, right? So I've, I've done the ups and the downs and I, but I've done the deep, deep, deep dives with so much data that it's like yeah. hours of scouring through it. But then you can also really customize, right? Like I'm not going to waste my time on this because there's all kinds of general health and wellness things that one can apply yeah. that are good. But if you really have your specific data, then it's like, okay, I'm going to put like my efforts where I'll get the biggest like payback. Right. Like, and I think that's yeah. the CEO mindset where if you can have that personalized data, then you can really customize the plan. But I think it's really important because oftentimes I think we, I think every human needs a coach quite frankly, but no matter what you do or who you are, no matter what title you have or how many acronyms you have behind your name, you just need that person to help you have a plan, yeah. hold you accountable and be there for you to execute it. Because we, because somebody owns a business or because somebody's very successful, there's like this odd assumption that they don't have problems. Mm -hmm. And there's like this weird thing where they go, oh, well, uh, I, Jeff Bezos, the most famous human business owner on the planet. It's like, oh, he must not have any problems. He's got like a hundred billion dollars. You go. <laughs> he's got a hundred billion problems, quite frankly. Yeah, he's got yeah. a lot problems yeah. that he has to deal with on a daily basis that are so much larger than any of us could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And it's because we put the weight of the entire organization or the entire, all of our employees onto our shoulders. And there's very few people. And I'm lucky that we get to, to work with these people because the amount of stress that you can get off someone's back by just going, Hey man, I get it. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Like, it's a lonely, lonely spot being at the yeah, top Yep. because what are you going to do? Like go to one of your employees and go, man, I'm really struggling. Like revenues were down a little bit this month. It'd be terrible if yeah. I had to fire people that would spread around your organization so fast. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you've got terrible. So who do you talk to? Mm -hmm. And, and this, this really is a part of our whole process is just, it, it just goes so much back to the beginning of all of it. Like there, there isn't there, the difference between your regular dad and the stress that they go through and they're trying to lose weight and be healthy and pillars of health in their family and, and set good examples for their kids. And the guy that runs a, you know, eight figure business, they're really not that different. Mm -hmm. It's stress. Yep. Yep. And they don't sleep well and they over caffeinate and then, they, they put too much on their own back and they have nowhere to go. They don't have mm -hmm. a mentor. They don't have mm -hmm. a coach mm -hmm. that says, hey, it's cool. We, I got it. Yeah. All we have to do is like tweak this a little bit. And the simple fact that you can sit there and go, oh, so you have mm -hmm. a problem mm -hmm. and we're going to help you solve it. And you don't have to do all the work yourself. You don't have to go and fail over and over and over mm -hmm. again to find the right solution. Let us just handle this thing. If you need to get more protein in your diet, cool. Here's why you need to, you're going to feel so much better. You need to get a workout in, but you only have 30 minutes a day. Awesome. Let's just go do this. Yeah. Stress is, it's, it is, I can see, you can see it. Like when you're physically assessing someone yeah. in the medical setting, you can see if someone's had a high level of stress that plays out in every organ and every body system. And it's crazy. And I will tell you, um, so my dad was a CEO of a fortune 500 company and I hands down attribute his stressful lifestyle that he did not manage from the outside perspective. He managed really, really well. Internally, to build resilience, there was very little time taken to build up his own reservoir of health, and yeah. it killed. It, it ended up taking you know his life long before he should have. So, so many insecurities in that world too, mm -hmm. because we, I say we, we all have these positions that 
they it's like we're at the top mm-hmm. like of this org chart we are at the very top and then you but because you're up there and there's so few people to bounce ideas off of and and fail in front of yeah and it be okay yeah. that you you start to develop these insecurities you start to develop all of these mind like mental loops and tapes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. may or may not be real yeah but it's very challenging and that stuff weighs on you so heavy. There are fewer people you can have that check and balance with, right? That you can trust enough because yeah. you kind of, when you're in that position or in that, in that place of your career, there are what's too, I mean, it's so few people are actually CEOs of large companies, right? So yeah. it's really hard to know who to trust. I mean, and you look at people, yeah. You just, so I think you're absolutely right. Probably the, the isolation and the loneliness of having really connected relationships. Yeah. And people that you feel like you can open up to and be honest with and admit your struggles and admit your stressors is really low. So fortunately, there are people like you who are coaching individuals like that. And, and, you know, you also take things, you're pushing things in different directions, which I like you, you're talking about some of the unspoken topics, which lately, and I know we probably don't have a lot of time to do a huge deep dive in this, but it's a topic of great interest to myself and probably many others is testosterone, which stress will like kill your testosterone. Right. And then age doesn't help it, which doesn't help anything (laughs) and physiologically anyways, I should say. And I love that you're talking a lot about testosterone because I also think when men or women experience low testosterone, that takes such a, it takes such a mental and physical impact on their health. And I don't think people correlate the fact that like, oh, I could feel better if I just did these few things to get my adrenals yeah. working a little bit better, get my testosterone up, get my hormones in balance. And so you're not always fighting like this. I'm climbing up a huge mountain kind of battle. If you can give yeah. them some of those like baseline things that just help them get things in check so they can get bigger wins and gains faster, it helps. Yeah. I feel like I am like client zero of whoever I'm going to be coaching in two years. Mm-hmm. Like whatever I'm going through right yeah. now, I'm yep. going to be really good at coaching that two years from now. And yep. that's likely exactly the person I'm going to be helping really, really well. Yeah. And I just had my second kid. Nature mm-hmm. doesn't really want you to have all the testosterone in the world after you have a child, mm-hmm. no sleep that absolutely kills it. It's like, a 15% decrease in every hour uh, for every hour. It's 15% decrease in testosterone for every hour under eight hours that you sleep. But what happens if you're at like five? Right. Yep. Me yeah. raising my hand. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you pop with low testosterone, you know, yeah. three months after having a baby. And the other thing is just obesity in general. It's like the number one thing that leads to all of these problems in I think this is something that I, this is something I really struggle with in, you know, go to the airport and just look around. Mm -hmm. You start to realize like people don't understand how normal being 30 pounds overweight is. Oh, absolutely. You go to the airport and you go, wow, everyone's 30 pounds overweight. Yeah. And then you go, how unhealthy is that? Mm -hmm. How insanely unhealthy is that? Like most people are walking around with a waist size that's between four to seven inches bigger than it should be, carrying 30 pounds of additional body fat. And then you start to look at what that caught. Your body is so inflamed and so unhealthy storing all this fat that it's doing everything in its power 
to fight off and try to eliminate all the inflammation and mm-hmm. all the unhealthiness and, and get you to lose weight. It's, it's, your immune system is fighting all of the problems that you've created by carrying around the 30 pounds. Yeah. And then this is the part that drives, like, it, like logically it makes so much sense. Like if we could just lose the weight, everything starts to, <laughs> starts to get mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. But Which is so that- frustrating in terms of why then we took away this last year, right? Because we also know metabolically speaking, the more metabolically unhealthy you are, the more likely you are to succumb to being uh, a host for immune, you know, immune issues, right. And different yeah. viruses and bacterias and, and yeah, it's just this vicious cycle, but 88% of us adults are metabolically unhealthy. They fit at it's least crazy. It's, it's what the recent research so, shows. So, I mean, yeah, we have to do something to so this combat is, yeah. that and make health normal, like a healthy, yeah. normal weight and a normal, healthy, a normal state of health. Normal. We are in our executive program. Um, putting specific numbers to total physiological health. It's like mm-hmm. one of the big projects that we're working on with Dan and uh, Andy Galpin. Okay. By going through all of the tests, then taking the subjective tests, taking food logs for uh, seven days, sleep logs, water logs, we can literally get like the most complete possible picture in a 30 to 35 day window of your life. Yeah. And then take all of that data, analyze it, and those guys, because they're so freaking smart yep. and have been in the lab and tested this and run it on the, the highest level athletes all the way down to the, some of the sickest people. And they've seen all the ranges and seen how it goes all together and put together a total physiological health score from zero to 100. And you would think someone like me would come back that works out, is very healthy, has good body composition, mm-hmm. takes care of themselves genuinely thinks about what they eat, drinks enough water every day. I try to sleep as much as I can with having a newborn, 65%. Why? Bacterial infections. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to know that? Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to know that that exists? Mm -hmm. Now imagine the person that's 35 pounds overweight and the food that they're eating to get them to that place. And if I'm a 65%, imagine what everyone else is. Yeah. Like a 20 yeah, you're, yeah. you're so far down on what healthy is, yeah. and it's it's a really steep slope from there. The executives are so focused on doing everything they possibly can for their business mm-hmm. to make it as successful as possible, mm-hmm. but they forget about themselves, mm-hmm. and then they start hitting these walls where their business can't grow because they can't they can't think past. Mm-hmm where it's at, or they're unable to get out of their own little box and they keep running into the walls and those walls aren't, let's have better emails. Those Mm -hmm. walls aren't, we need better marketing, better commercials, better Facebook ads. It's you need to get healthier. We think about investing, right? Like what are you going to invest in? Well, if you are your greatest asset. I mean, I'm learning it right now and I work with them already and I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going through this process and we, it's like, we're all in this thing together because. Because there is no hundred percent. How am I supposed to know that I have low testosterone and low vitamin D? I'm outside all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware of being outside with my shirt off. How do I have vitamin D? Well, because of this bacterial infection, it affects these six things. Yep. And all the good bacteria that you have in your body is actually so tired of fighting that strep in your gut that it's weakened itself so much that now things are starting to get a little carried away. And I would have had no idea yeah. until all of a sudden you're just jamming into the wall where you don't have the energy, you don't have the clarity, you don't have, you just can't find that next level 
that you need to be operating at. And then it becomes frustrating when, when people get frustrated, they're more likely to be like, well, screw this. Like I'm trying and I'm not yeah. getting anywhere. So I've had those same epiphanies with all the functional medicine data that's it's come crazy. back over, you know, the last decade of doing multiple deep dives. And it is crazy, but it's so, I love it, it's like this big, like, aha, like, oh, I can actually get objective data that's going to drive my path, yeah. like, and it's going to help me get to where I want to be sooner, faster, and yeah. with better success. Like nobody ever comes to us as like the first resource, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm pretty okay with that. Yeah. Typically like seventh, <laughs> like the seventh <laughs> time they've tried to lose weight or yeah. feel good, whatever it is. They go, maybe we'll give that guy a try. Right. He sounds kind of like he's excited about what he's doing. <laughs> but if you went to a doctor, like mm -hmm. your standard medical practice, and you show up and they run some sort of stool sample and get a complete gut health check and it comes back and they see this, what are they going to do? They're going to pour a bunch of antibiotics down mm -hmm. your gut mm -hmm. and try and kill everything. It's reactive medicine. It's terrible, mm -hmm. right? And the thing that makes me so happy about working with these guys and they, they completely understand like the physiology to a level that I didn't even know. It was like, all these light bulbs were going off of all these ideas that I've like heard and seen and heard people talk about and interviewed and someone mentioned it. And then like you get your report back and it's all in this one concise place. You go, Oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. This is like how we really help people. And yeah. it's not antibiotics. It's let's actually use supplements, not just to make your workouts better, but let's use the right supplements to overload your gut with the really healthy stuff, like mm -hmm. this really functional medicine type. I wish I knew all the coolest language, but it's like, it, it's just this healthy approach to overloading your gut with the stuff it needs to kill the specific mm -hmm. bacterial mm -hmm. infection going on in there. And you don't have to kill, you don't have to kill your whole gut. Let's just no. kill the little part that we need. Right. Create a healthy gut microbiome, right? So that everything else can function to the best of its ability. It's yeah, so it's wild, really right? cool data. I know. Okay, so you and I have to podcast together again. Oh, we should podcast when we're up at Love Work at the Point Retreats in February. Yeah, we're definitely going to. We also, I need to have you on Shrugged. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay, and you know what we're going to do too? Have you, done, have you worn a CGM? Continuous glucose monitor? Uh, the glucose monitor, I have not. I'm going to send you one in the mail. So when we podcast together, that's what we're going to do. We're going to dissect your CGM data, and I'm going to help you make awesome. sense of all that, which is really interesting. People always want to, you know, I mean, I've done those for people with type 2 and type 1 diabetes in my sleep hundreds, thousands of times, right? But when you do it on a healthy individual, and even the things that you find there, you know, at your 65%, which is... Pff, 65% above every other American. Yeah. Um, but it's still, you find really interesting data that will help you drive and change your lifestyle and your functional medicine program even more. So we'll do that. And then we're going to go I jump in it. the lake. And believe it I or know. not, everybody's like, there's no flipping way that that's good for your health. And I'm like, no, there actually is a lot of science behind cold plunges, ice baths, cryotherapy, Absolutely. thermogenesis. And that it can benefit your health. Here's going to be the fun one. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm foreshadowing what's going to happen. I am like a million percent in. I have, I love doing crazy stuff like this. Yeah. My wife is going to be the one that we're going to have to push in. <laughs> this is my guess on exactly what's going to happen because I've kind of seen this. We, for our anniversary, went to South Africa, we went shark diving and she was adamant. 
no way am yeah. I getting in that water with these sharks. Yeah. They're going to eat me. There's no way I, I have a life to live. It's yeah. not worth it. I'll see the sharks from above. But then everybody started getting in line and everybody started having a, a cool experience. Yeah. And she immediately had this like radical thing of like, if they can do it, I can do it. I love it. And was like first in line <laughs> yes. as soon as the cage got pulled out of the water for like the new people to go back in. Yeah. And it was like, this like aggressive competitive, like, I'm going to get in that cage yeah. right now. I so love it. Her see, testosterone kicked see, in. Like, right. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to see like five people get in and come out and they're like, ah, I can't believe I did it. I feel so awesome. It's such an incredibly empower, empowering feeling. Like you are invigorated. Yeah. You're like, I'm alive. Like I did it. Yeah. And we had that same thing happen the last time we did it. And the gal who went in first, 78 year old badass, Whoa. like badass. And she's in there and yeah. everyone's like, well, hell, if she can do it, I'm gonna fr- I for coffee. sure got to do it. So yeah. we'll make sure that she, I mean, people, obviously we don't like really push people in if they don't want to do it, they don't have to, but I have a feeling she's going to be one of the first few in sure. line when we, she's when we totally, get there. She's going to be so skeptical until she sees a couple people go yeah. and then they get out and they're like, ah. and then they feel good. And she'll be like, I got to yeah. do it. She'll love it. She'll love it. Do you have time for a couple of quick fire round or how are you doing on Let's time? Let's do it. Okay. Quick. Okay. Tell me your favorite podcast episode on Barbell Shrugged. Dan Garner and Andy Galpin, how to increase testosterone. It's, it's why we created this executive program. Because in a was, second that I listened to it and it's phenomenal. So those guys are insane. Yeah. That's a great I'm episode. So glad you listen. Yeah. What would your last meal be? Some sort of delicious steak, potatoes. I don't know. Everything, everything that I eat on a normal basis. I like it you would do. have to be healthy. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't enjoy all that. So here's another, here's another, uh, fun thing about all this, these tests. I have, a very high uh, autoimmune response and food allergy to so anything soy, anything mm-hmm. wheat, which basically means don't eat out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which basically means, means eat, eat meat, high quality and vegetables. food, mm-hmm. just yep. like you're supposed to. Yes. <laughs> Funny how that works out in life. So that right? would even be your last meal, which is great. It's good. Yeah. Your taste buds like, kind of acclimate to it, right? Like the other stuff exactly. stops to taste as, as tempting. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. What's your most annoying habit? For myself, I'm, I'm eliminating as much coffee in my life as possible. I find that to be an annoying habit now. Mm-hmm. I've asked my wife, who's probably a better um, judge of this. What would she say? <laughs> she would probably say my, my ability to reframe things into the positive at all times. Mm. It's a characteristic a of an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just say go, it's well, a bad look, day. <laughs> yeah. Just let me have this one and let's yeah. go to bed. And I'm like, no, but check it out. Think of all the cool <laughs> things that could come out of this. <laughs> I, I know it's hard right now, Yeah. but imagine what it could be. If everyone could see Andrew's smile on his face, he's like, I love that shit. I, I, I totally get it. I, it's like, like, how do we frame this in the positive? Yes. Your, your cup overflows. It's more than full, which is yeah. a great quality and, and makes you a great entrepreneur. But for those that have to live with you, Dana, they're like, dude, it just sucks. Okay. Yeah, they, don't, they don't like it that much. Oh, yeah. I love it. What does the world need more of? Just people loving each other, saying hi, mm-hmm. just heads up and making eye contact and asking people how, how we're doing. Great answer. All right. With that, Anders, I'm going to wrap up our 
conversation today, even though I could talk to you all day. I just want to say thank you again for taking time to be here because I know um, your time is very valuable. You're being pulled in a lot of different directions. So I appreciate our conversation. I do want to say if people want to learn more about you, your programs, Executive, Diesel, Dad, Barbell Shrug, just quick, like where's the best place for people to find you or find out more about you? Just come to Instagram and shoot me a DM at Anders Varner. Um, if you want to listen to the show, the podcast is where we get to hang out the most because uh, yeah. we, we go at least, you know, 60, 90, two hours, depending mm-hmm. upon what's going on and what we're, what we're excited about for the week. Um, that's going to be like the best way to really understand everything that goes on in our brains and how we coach over Barbell Shrugged on all of the podcast outlets. And then check out what our mentorship program is. It's dieseldadmentorship.com. And then everybody that comes through our rapid executive mentorship really is like a, a, we can only take on one person a week. So Mm -hmm. it'd be the best way would be just to come through Instagram and and shoot me a message um, at Anders Varner. Okay, perfect. And if you want to hang out with Anders for a few days, you can join him along with us um, at the Point Retreats in early February for our Love Work Retreat. We're going to really spend time on how to build that transformative mindset, love work, love life again, and build resilience personally and professionally. If you want to learn more about the Point Retreats, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and thepointretreats.com. Otherwise, Anders, thank you for being here with me today. And we hope our conversation and today's episode inspires you to rebel and be well. You've been listening to the Rebel and Be Well podcast, hosted by Krista Ryman, registered nurse, founder, and CEO of Lifestyle Medicine Retreat Center, The Point Retreats, which is located amidst the woods and waters of northern Minnesota. If you'd like to ask Krista Rymel or one of our past or upcoming guests a question that will be aired on a future show, simply call 612-352-9177 and leave a message. Please know that when you leave a message, it may be used in whole or in part on a future podcast episode. Again, that phone number is 612-352-9177. Please hit subscribe on whatever podcast source you found us on and rate and review our show. We'd love to hear feedback. Rebel and Be Well is recorded at the studios of Minnesota Podcasting, located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Find them online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or policies of the Point Retreats, Minnesota Podcasting, or any other organization. All medical issues, concerns, diagnoses, medications, and treatments must be managed by your doctor. We do not replace any clinician's medical advice or treatment. Join us next time for Rebel and Be Well.